Hello and welcome back to Des and Marco, the podcast which is going onwards and upwards. I'm Des. And I'm Marco. How are you, Des? I'm fine, thank you. I will explain the intro in a second. Marco and I are both aware of some big news which we shall share with you shortly. Before we even get going, Marco, what beer did you buy? Technically, I didn't buy it because this is still one of the gifts from my team. They gave me like a ton of beers, which is great. I decided to go back to the Netherlands after one week away from it. And I have a golden blonde beer and it's called the Houdenboch from the Waterland Brewery. And the Houdenboch, I researched, it's meant to be the most prestigious part of the Herengracht in Amsterdam. The Herengracht being one of the canals. I'm sure you're super interested. Do they use the Amsterdam canal water? I hope not. I really hope not. Although, no, you know what? They are clean. Like, you can drink it. It just doesn't look very nice, but you can drink it. Anyway, what about you? I have got a beer from the Vocation Brewery, which is an English brewery based in Yorkshire. And the beer is called Life and Death. I actually didn't pick this beer, so... What? So, wait, wait, sorry, sorry. So the the beer picked you? Yes. (laughs) It's like, you are the chosen one. Uh, Basically, I was given a discount code for a beer service called beerhawk.co.uk. I'm in no shape, way or form affiliated with this. We're not getting any money from this. This is a completely personal review of this service. But if you want to sponsor us, that's okay. Oh, that's absolutely fine. And we will be tweeting you, so... Watch this space. They sent me six different beers as part of their pack and about 24 beers and six different varieties. And this is one of them. It comes recommended, so we'll see what it's like. All right, it's very cool. All right, let's get it open. Cheers. Okay, so Marco, why don't you tell us what the massive news of this week is? The mega scoop, the super highlight. Okay, bear with me. Do you have an iPhone? No. (laughs) All right, so you're probably not going to care much. So you know I've been beta testing this new social media, if you will, called Real You. Yes. It's been developed by a good friend of mine, Jay, which we will have on the show in the coming episodes. Again, watch this space. I'm super excited about it. So this is news, but it's also hype. In a nutshell, Real You is um, like a personal media app. There's no social element. Like you open it and there's no feed, let's say. You don't get to see what your friends are doing unless they create a moment and add you to them. So let's say right now me and you are recording this podcast and I would create a moment for it and I would write recording podcast with Des. Haha, so much fun. Hashtag fun. Hashtag beer. Hashtag podcast. And if I add you to it, you can add your side of the story. One of the ways that I've used it in the past is to kind of recall moments, kind of recall fun times that I spent with friends where everybody kind of adds, it's like, oh, by the way, do you remember this joke? Or like, oh, by the way, do you remember when this random thing happened? But anyway, it's out on the App Store. So if you have an iPhone, go and download it. It's really fun. It's really cool. And it's really flexible. Like you can do whatever you want with it. Like you can use it as a personal journal. You can use it as a personal media app, like to kind of store your photos. Uh, You can use it to gather, I don't know, cool recipes that you've tried or like review books that you've read. It's actually more or less what you make of it. And I hope Jay approves of this, uh, of this description. Yeah. I was going to say the website is very informative. So it's realyou.com. 
and real is spelled R-E-E-L, like a cinema reel. Go download it from the App Store because we will be talking about it very soon. And if anybody has any questions that they would like to ask about the app and the future direction of the app, we are willing to take questions. I've already put a few feeders out there and the interest is off the charts. So it's a fantastic personal media app. It allows you to document the things that you want to document without any obligation to share it. So it's super interesting. This is pretty much a podcast world exclusive, so stick around. That's right. But moving on with the news, let me ask you a question. Don't you feel we need more Terminator content? I am never going to say no to that. (laughs) The right answer is actually yes, we have too much. Two films was more than enough, and they were very good, and all the rest were terrible. However, because we do also need more Terminator content, Netflix announced this week that they will produce a... Terminator anime, so an animated series. I have not read about this, but uh, Netflix is going big on the anime, so that will be interesting. Yeah, apparently it's by the same guy that made uh, The Batman, which, to be honest, I've never seen. I'm loyal to the, the Batman animated series, so like the 1990s one, which was incredible. It was fantastic. So yeah, but they haven't really released any more information like about like when uh, they're going to release it or who's going to be in it like who's going to do the voices but let's see so the guy working on it Matson tomlin he's sworn that he really likes the content and wants to keep it as believable and everything as as possible is it set in the terminator universe or is it like retelling Arnold Schwarzenegger's story. What they said is that the new animated series will explore the Terminator universe in a way that has never been done before. Does that mean this takes place in the future? Does that mean it takes place in the, let's say, present, if we can call the 80s or the 90s the present? I don't really know. I don't think they've announced that quite yet. But they said that they can't wait for fans to experience this amazing new chapter in the epic battle between machines and humans. So they're keeping their cards very close to their chest. Let's see. I mean, I would be up for watching it. I paid to watch the last Terminator movie. What was it called? Man, it was so forgettable. You don't even remember the <laughs> the title. But anyway, I actually went to a movie. Also, remember movie theaters? I can't believe I paid money for it. It was terrible, much like pretty much all of them except for one and two. Do you remember the Sarah Connor Chronicles? Because that was also a TV series, which is essentially based on the Terminator universe, but kind of set in modern day LA with uh, Sarah Connor and the actress Summer Glau acting as a robot from the future, protecting the unit. It was pretty good. I only watched it in bits and pieces because I didn't have whatever subscription was needed at the time. Yeah, this sort of thing has been explored before, but I'm sure the fact that it's an anime and that it's Netflix, it will probably be very different in scope and feel. Yeah, probably. I mean, let's see. I'm genuinely curious to see what will come out of it. I've watched terrible Terminator movies, so I might as well. Yeah, cool. Can I announce the next bit of news, which is a bit of hype as well? Wow. So we've officially blended hype and news. Well, a lot of news is hype. (laughs) That's true. Okay, so do you remember back in, I think, 2008? Correct me if I'm wrong, or don't. I don't care. I edit this. (laughs) 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 All right. Do you remember District 9? (laughs) It doesn't matter what I answer anymore. (laughs) Yes, I remember District 9. (laughs) 
and no spoilers, but the premise of that story is that several decades ago, aliens mysteriously arrived on Earth on this spaceship which hovers over Johannesburg in South Africa. Humans are able to reach this massive spaceship and they find a whole heap of malnourished and sort of just abandoned aliens and they bring them down to Earth as this big refugee mission. But they know nothing about these aliens and the aliens aren't really able to give much about where they came from, that sort of thing. And uh, basically what started off as a moment of wonder becomes a moment of social tension because like these aliens are just kind of like put in a ghetto and uh, they're not given any jobs and people start to see them as like just filthy. And it's, you know, it's meant to be a not very subtly veiled attack on the whole apartheid situation in South Africa. Anyway, it's a great movie full of sci-fi. And at the end of that movie, events unfold and the aliens are able to, well, one alien is able to flee back into space and promises that he was going to come back in two years or four years and sort things out. And that was the last we saw of it. Yeah, the movie ends, let's say, it sets up a sequel. Yes. And uh, the director at the time, that was his uh, maiden film, uh, Neil Blomkamp, who's gone on to great success. He has then gone on to produce and direct Elysium, as well as Chappie. And he's then set up his own studio for like independent projects called Oats Studio. And if you YouTube them, there's some amazing short videos with lots of A-list cameos like Sigourney Weaver. Okay. Well, he has tweeted that the sequel to District 9, I think tentatively called District 10, is underway. As in the screenplay is being written. Like, I am hyped. Really? That was a cool movie. Like, District 9 was good. It was a good mix of, let's say, science fiction and, like you said, it was a not very subtle criticism for Apartheid. I don't love the director, not because of any movie that he's done, but because of a movie that he hasn't done. So apparently, like, he was, like, a a Robocop remake is in the works, and he was supposed to direct it, which would have been awesome, but then, I guess, things didn't work out, and so, like, he's no longer tied to the movie. So, yeah. Not not so, not cool, Neil. Yeah. If I remember correctly, he had this really cool idea and they kind of just said, interesting, but we want to go in a different direction. So he was like, okay, go. I am not interested in being your puppet. Okay. I didn't know that. Little side note. Apparently there is a Robocop uh, remake or it's meant to be a sequel to the first movie and it's like in the works and it's based off of the script that the original writer so ed newmeyer and some other guy which is called like the corporate wars which is basically like takes place many years into the future and robocop has been offline for like a number of years and they just put him back online and stuff happens i don't know what else but yeah so anyway like i'm super hyped about that but never mind i got sidetracked back to district 10 edit this out i don't have much more to add about district 10 it's in the early stages but If he's tweeting about it, I think it's more than just a rumor. It sounds like, okay, the appetite is real. The moment is now. Let's do this. Yeah, absolutely. But also, don't you feel like the movie industry has kind of gone down the drain? I mean, last week we spoke about how a lot of ideas are basically rehashings of older movies or video games or something like it seems like Hollywood is kind of running out of ideas and this pandemic just like completely crippled it like now there's what big blockbusters or like what movies are coming out that you really want to see i think you can you can count them easily on one hand there is one which particularly caught my attention 
because it's kind of related to this podcast because it's set in Italy. And I'm specifically talking about Pixar's Luca. Have you seen the trailer? Yes, the one that's like very clearly like in uh, Liguria, like in Cinque Terre. Yes, I think it's set in around like a, a clone of Portofino. Yeah. Okay, what did you think of it? It has got all the cliches of Italy. Like it's not set in modern Italy. It's set like in the 50s with a Vespa on every street corner. And I thought it was strange how like the movie is obviously in English. And so the, they've given the boy like a typical Italian English accent, like, uh, my name is Aluca. I'm a little boy in Italy. And, but then all the like uh, shouting on the streets is all like Italian. Oh, Maria, mamma mia. And then he speaks in English again. It's like, well, why don't you curse in English, you know? Yeah. By the way, for our listeners, that is exactly how Des and I speak English. Like this voice that we use now is just for the podcast. Yeah, usually it's like, hey, Yamarco, it's me, Des. Des, let's uh, have a pizza. (laughs) Oh, okay. Sorry, that was terrible. Yeah. So anyway, Pixar released the, the trailer for their latest movie. It's basically the story of this little kid and his brother, I guess. This little kid in, I guess, 1950s Italy, like seaside town in Italy. Like a town that is obsessed with eating fish. Fishmongers everywhere and they eat fish all the time and they cook fish a lot. And uh, this kid discovers that by touching water, he turns into like a fish creature, squid kind of thing. And so from the trailer, you can kind of understand that he's terrified of being butchered or being fished by fishermen because of this secret that he has. I think that's it as far as information goes on the movie. I mean, they've released the trailer. It's very well done. And as you would expect from Pixar, it's visually very good. We'll see what the storyline is like. But uh, I was a little bit annoyed at the stereotypes which are being adopted i just think it's a little bit of a a cheap shortcut but i will watch it no of course because very few pixar movies have been bad and a lot of them have been great and but this whole discussion on on luca started remember how it started yes so i brought it up and then you went and found a fantastic meme there's no picture on the meme basically but it's basically all it says is like 1995 pixar what if toys have feelings? 2006, Pixar. What if cars have feelings? 2007, Pixar. What if rats have feelings? 2015 is, what if feelings have feelings? And then finally, 2020 is, what if Italians have feelings? <laughs> and I was just laughing. <laughs> when we were teenagers, there was another popular movie, uh, Captain Corelli's Mandolin, which is set in Greece, but it's about the true World War story. Well, the story isn't true, but true World War events, where in World War II, the Italians were in Greece, and, you know, there's the beautiful young local Greek girl, Penelope Cruz, and uh, she falls in love with the very Italian Nicolas Cage. And basically, there's the opening scene (laughs) when the, uh, the Italian soldiers are walking, and then they see this beautiful young girl, and Nicolas Cage, the charismatic Italian looks at her and goes, Balla bambina, two o'clock. And I was, we just burst into laughter. <laughs> like, this was a meme for us before memes existed. 
Yeah, and that was the classic example of how watching a movie can completely ruin a book, because I remember I had to read that for summer homework, and I actually quite enjoyed the book, and then the movie comes out, and I'm like, oh, I want to see it totally, and then we saw it, and there was that scene, and we're like, okay, that's it. Fun recommendation, if you want to see a movie about Italians in Greece during the Second World War, I highly recommend Mediterraneo which I think won the Oscar for Best uh, Foreign Movie in 94. And it's such a nice little movie. It's really, really nice. Yes, it's a very good movie. And in Italy, it's considered somewhat of a classic. Yeah, also not very many Italian movies won Oscars, or at least in recent times, maybe. like Life is Beautiful with uh, Roberto Benigni. Yeah, no, I remember that one. And I vowed to watch it only once in my life because it's just it's really sad no it's a very sad movie but it is his work of art i don't think he can top that as a filmmaker no and he never did but yeah but then this brings us also to the topic of stereotypical depictions of various nationalities or religions in film yeah because this depiction of italians let's be honest with you it's not particularly harmful it's a cheap shot but we don't really care I mentioned previously District 9 and how I was hyped about the sequel, but apparently that created a lot of uh, backlash locally in South Africa because the sort of hoodlums and organized crime is depicted by what they call Nigerians. And so obviously the Nigerians started complaining because they were saying we are not all organized crime and it was just a cheap shot. And I think you recently watched True Lies or something and you said it was a similar controversy yeah so for those of you who don't know and shame on you true lies is this amazing movie from like mid 90s with uh, arnold schwarzenegger uh, tom arnold and jamie lee curtis did you just open another beer maybe <laughs> wow go you man so it's it's this like action slash comedy movie which i really loved back in the day i even bought the dvd when it came out and just out of boredom i ended up watching over the last weekend and it's basically the story of this secret agent or this secret spy of a fictional u.s agency who was played by schwarzenegger and Tom Arnold is his, let's say, right-hand man and, like, his buddy. So he goes on, like, missions, I don't know, like, in Switzerland to, and blows stuff up and kills people and whatever. And then he goes back home and his wife is Jamie Lee Curtis. She's, like, a legal secretary and he acts like he's, like, this super boring computer salesman. The wife is bored of having this boring husband and so she kind of starts flirting with this random guy who's a used car salesman but acts like he's a spy. And it's really funny and like it's a good action movie. It's like a good fun half hour to spend. But I don't know about you, Des, but I watch movies or I watch series and then immediately after I'm on IMDb to check all the trivia. I'm similar. <laughs> yeah, like I need to know everything about that movie. And turns out the bad guys in this movie, they are are very generic Muslim stereotypical they speak Arab their motives aren't really clear like they're bad because they're just Arabs it's a very simple depiction of them apparently it came out that the director so this is a James Cameron movie James Cameron he just kind of needed some bad guys and he just kind of picked Arabs he was like in between Arabs or Northern Irish he just went for Arabs because 
whatever because at the time it was maybe a, a bit easier because i think those years there was the um, the gulf war or there was the aftermath of the gulf war so he could kind of give them a backstory as in like yeah we want the u.s to leave our country so we're gonna go to the u.s and wreck havoc there the muslim community in the u.s heavily criticized this movie because of how the bad guys were depicted the implication was that all muslims are bad and then it got me thinking like how many movies are like that once the cold war ended where the clear bad guys were the let's say the soviets hollywood just kind of had to pick whoever the new bad guy was and they just kind of went for ex-soviets or ex-yugoslavians or like muslim now that you mentioned that i want to bring attention to wandavision which i have watched and i'm going to wait until the end of the season to review but the main character in that movie wanda maximov we were introduced to her in the avengers movie age of ultron She starts off that movie with her twin brother as a bad person, as a baddie. And she's uh, a a national of the fictional country of Sokovia, which is like a nondescript Eastern European slash Slavic slash Russian country. And she starts off the movie with a thick accent, like, the Avengers must die. You know, like really thick Russian accent for like no reason. And then, obviously, she changes sides when she realizes the Avengers are good, because obviously, you know, they speak English. In subsequent movies, where she's clearly one of the good guys, she completely lost her Eastern European accent. Really? I never noticed that. Also, I never watched the Avengers with too much interest. Oh, man, they've done so many YouTube videos about this. Like, it's, it's easy to see. One of the good things about WandaVision is that they address a lot of the plot holes or unanswered questions. And uh, I don't want to give any spoilers away, but basically a character will confront Wanda and she goes, and what's up with that accent? One minute it changes and one minute it's American or something along those lines. (laughs) So at least they're self-aware of this. She's the one played by the successful Olsen sister, right? Yeah, the younger one, which is taller than them. Yeah, that's the one that's not a twin. Yeah, the normal one. (laughs) Wow, okay. To summarize, would you recommend it or not? I would, having seen how the season has progressed. I still think there are a few gimmicks and they've taken a few shortcuts So one of the visually appealing elements of WandaVision is that, you know, the first series is like set or appears to be like a tribute to American sitcoms of like the 50s. I mean, the next episode is set like in the 60s. I mean, the one after that is set in the 70s. To be honest with you, I think this is a bit of a gimmick, but they have tried to explain why they've done this. Sprinkled on top of this is like a mystery element. And you're literally in the first few episodes drip fed elements of mystery like your drip fed clues and they make this relatively obvious via short events in each episode and post-credit scenes in typical marvel fashion at first i wasn't particularly convinced of it as a concept but as the season has gone on they've explained more and i think they've done a pretty good job of tying it together quite quickly the final episode hasn't aired yet but they've clearly set it up for a cliffhanger for the next season like you can see it coming together in such a way so like my other half for example she has never watched the marvel movie she watched the first episode and had no idea what was going on like zero like this made no sense or like why is this guy red you know you need to have been exposed to the marvel universe but if you have been exposed to the marvel universe it's pretty good maybe i'll check it out Speaking of film and TV, have you seen the Golden Globe? I've seen the nominations. I haven't actually seen who has won what. A bunch of movies and series that I honestly have never seen or never even heard of, which is great because now I have ideas of, <laughs> of what to watch. 
couple of films were films that we had talked about, like, for example, in our 2020 special. Best actor in a motion picture, musical or comedy was uh, Sasha Baron Cohen for Borat. And best motion picture, like so best comedy film is Borat, which I was very pleased with. And then there was, uh, among other winners, The um, Trial of the Chicago 7, which I understand you finally got around to watching. Yes, on your recommendation and this podcast. And I was very pleasantly surprised because it's quite a long movie, but it's so interesting that you don't realize the times pass by. Yeah, and it's a movie where, if you think about it, not much happens. Like, it takes place mostly in the courtroom, but it really keeps you hooked. Yeah, and the one thing which really hit me is how the topics or what they were protesting about is so relevant to today. Like, the whole freedom of expression and that sort of drive for the truth and impartiality topics which are still relevant today like nothing's genuinely changed as a system yeah with a hint of black lives matter more than a hint how the single black member of the protest was treated was shocking yeah and apparently it's all true like i I mean the whole story is true but like how he was bound in the courtroom is real it's something that actually happened which is just shocking Actually, going through the list, there's a lot of interesting series that I have added on my list. Like the winner for like best comedy series was Shit's Creek, which is meant to be really funny, but I haven't watched yet. I hear that Ted Lasso is also really funny with um, Jason Sudeikis. How do you? Sudeikis? I think it's pronounced Suck Dicks. (laughs) Tweet this at him. Is your surname pronounced Suck Dicks? I don't know if you remember, like there was ages ago, like on some, I don't know, on the internet somewhere, there was a video of him being like the sports coach that goes to England to train Tottenham. And he's like an American football coach. I have never seen this. Oh man, I'll find it and I'll link it to the episode notes. So it's like this guy who's like super American and like knows nothing about football or soccer, wherever you're listening. And he just kind of goes to train a football team in England. And they made a series out of it. Apple picked it up. So it's only available for Apple. What's it called? The series? Apple TV Plus. Apple TV Plus. Thank you. And apparently it's really funny. But also another movie that I saw that was nominated and maybe even won something. Let's see. Mm, Don't think so. Anyway, is uh, Palm Springs. I don't know if you've seen it or heard of it or anything. You briefly mentioned it just before we started recording, but I know it's with Andy Samberg, so I know I'm going to watch it. Yeah, yeah. You should watch it because it's really, really good. It's with uh, Andy Samberg and Christine Milioti, who's in How I Met Your Mother. She's the mother. I'm not going to spoil it, but she's in it. <laughs> I just spoiled it. I don't give a crap. Yeah, well, whatever. Edit this out, edit this in. I don't care. So basically, it's the story of, like, it takes place during a wedding night. And you see that the, the character played by Andy Samberg is acting weird. Like, he's not really fitting. And she's a bridesmaid. And they kind of meet and they hit it off. Then she enters into this sort of magical cave. And when she wakes up, It's the same day as before. So it's kind of like a Groundhog Day situation. Oh, oh. Both of them are stuck in this loop of living the same day over and over. And then you see how like it kind of like their relationship kind of evolves because they're the only two that are living the same day over and over. Like for the others, it's not the same. It's like a romantic comedy, but it's a comedy. Like, it's really funny. It's got, a, like, Andy Samberg is, let's say, a guarantee. If you're used to his humor from The Lonely Island, it's not exactly that out there. It's charming, if you know what I mean. I do. And now that you mentioned it, I remember seeing the trailer for it. I hadn't realized the movie was released. So, yes, I will definitely watch it. But 
I recently watched on Amazon another movie which is directly inspired to Groundhog Day and it's got an almost identical plot and it's a very good movie called The Map of Tiny Perfect Things and I think it's an Amazon exclusive or Amazon produced but it's actually a serious movie with like a sweet undertone so it's not a out and right comedy but the plot is the same like this guy for no reason he just realizes he's waking up and the day's the same and at midnight it resets And then he meets this girl who is like super awesome. You know, he realizes that she is not like the others. And uh, she's also aware of the fact that the day keeps on repeating itself. It's really, really, really good and really, really, really sweet. So I strongly recommend it. Is it a good date movie? Oh, it's a perfect date movie. All right. So two Groundhog Day spin-off recommendations. So Palm Springs, definitely watch it. And the map of tiny perfect things. Yes. On Amazon. So definitely watch it i think that brings us to the end as i haven't prepared any other topics so no i think we've been ranting long enough so yes marco how was your beer the beer is pretty good it's actually really strong it's uh got nine percent so it didn't look like that from the bottle it's a little bit bitter maybe bitter but also kind of sweet i actually like it i think i'll give it four out of six how are your two beers des so the two beers i've had are the same beer i just drank two cans because i'm not sure i'm a big fan But there's a new trend for beers to come in soda pop size cans. Okay. I find that too small a portion. Maybe you need help. (laughs) No. Uh, No. (laughs) Fair enough. Yeah. So the beer that chose you twice, what do you say about it? So it's an American style IPA and its claim to fame or its distinct flavor notes come from the fact that it's loaded with hops and barley. They say it's got tropical aromas of citrus fruits, etc, etc, etc. But it's a very floral American style IPA. And I like these kind of beers. Like you can actually taste the hops if that makes any sense. It's not like a, a smooth, tasteless beer. It's like a smooth, fruity, slightly tangy beer. So I really like this kind of beer. But having said that, it's not the first beer of this kind. And it's a good one, but it's not like the best beer I've ever had. So I've given it a solid four out of six as well. It's a good beer, which I would buy without a hesitation, but it's not like the one beer I'd take to a desert island. That would make for a great episode. One day, let's just do an episode where we just talk beers and we make a list of our personal favorites and then end up with the one beer that we would take to a desert island. Yes, I have a format for this in mind and we can do it like an elimination challenge. Like we could create a tournament board. Oh, you know what? For March Madness, we'll do it like a March Beerness. A malt madness. Nice. (laughs) I knew I could count on you for a quality wordplay pun. Four out of six for both of us. Good beers. We recommend them as well as we recommend all the series and movies we talked about, except for Captain Corelli's Mandolin. That was not great, the movie. But read the book. The book is good. Yeah, so time to wrap it up. You can find us on Instagram at DesmarCo, Twitter at DesmarCo, where Des will tweet at you. He's going on a tweeting spree. Email is desmarco at gmail.com. And you can find us on YouTube on DesmarCo. Please like and subscribe. And don't forget that we are going to be interviewing the creator of Real You, a brand new social media app. And this is probably a world podcast exclusive. And we are super hyped. So keep your ears tuned and your eyes peeled because it's coming soon. Yes. Great. Thank you so much for listening and see you next week. See you next time, guys.
My name is Luca. I'm a little boy in Italy. 